I am so grateful that I began the practice of embodying my sexuality, talking to my body, because it is only when you start communing with your body that you start to understand that everything that you need is available inside. <laughs> and I forget that lesson as much as I like inhale and exhale. But without embodiment, I wouldn't even know it existed. Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts Bronx bitch and mountain witch, long hair, don't care, Spice Girls fanatic. I'm a pussy empowerer and sacred erotic performer. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. I teach women how to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. You're about to hear a conversation with a real one. Ratana is a singer and activist born in Saudi Arabia who has recently moved to Los Angeles. If you've attended any of my recent dance parties or workshops, you most likely heard me play her amazing self-pleasure anthem, Sin Again. In her music and beyond, Ratana's leadership is deeply honest, brave, and just so moving. In our conversation, we address culture, religion, and how it intersects with womanhood. We call BS on attention shaming and discuss the deep wisdom our bodies reveal when we take the time to listen. Here we go. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Uh, I'm so good, too. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for taking time to just... Come join me here and have this chat. I'm really stoked. Thank you. Of course. You look so amazing and tropical right now. Ah, thank you. Where you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly channeling the tropics and like getting to be here right now. I'm just like, ah, I'm in my habitat. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. I have such a, I have such a jaggedy setup right now. I left my, I left my ring light at a friend's and so this is what we're doing, but I hope that yeah. you can, you can see, yeah, you yeah. can see me fine. We can okay, see great. you, your glorious face. You look wonderful. Great. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Of course. I'm so happy <sighs> to be here with you. Yes. Okay. So I just want to start by introducing you. This is Rotana. She's, in, and many of you already know her because you're popping over from her page, but she is an incredible artist and activist who, uh, I so admire your, and in fact, the way that I came to, um, to, to get to know you was that I saw you, um, one of a mutual friend of our, Kelly Radwanski, the photographer, she shared a video of you talking about attention. And mm. it spoke to me so much in that moment. I was mm. like, who, who is this woman? <laughs> and, and the whole theme of the video was like, we shame women so often for wanting attention. We shame anybody right. who wants the attention. Like think about even our vocabulary, attention whore, totally. like all the ways that we shame people for wanting attention. Right. And, you, and that, you know, that sentence of like, you just want attention is something that I've heard so much in my life. And right. then it was like, oh, yes, I do actually want attention. Because, yeah, yeah sorry, go ahead. You can, no, you yeah, ahead. you Continue. will summarize it better. It was in your words. You were, you were addressing I mean, that. I was just, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I was saying something along the, along the lines of, yes, I do want attention because we need attention to create movement. We need attention to, um, to come together. We need attention to create inspiration, to change. Like all of that needs and requires attention. And uh, it's such a difficult, it's been such a difficult thing to really stay grounded in the fact that I am, you know, what I have to offer is, is important and I'm worthy of the attention and it feels good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. There's nothing wrong with being a leader. There's nothing wrong with knowing that you have power to influence so long as you are using it for good. You know, the words, it's yes. easier to say than it is to do, but we, that's the practice and that's why we're here. Totally. Yes. You said, you, you said it so eloquently and it's so important that, um, that we, you know, those of us who are not cis 
white males who are um, used to having the, the platform to speak your mind in any situation uh, really need that reminder. And we really need to hear it. And, and just we need leaders like you who are willing to say shit that is not um, that's not easy to say that is um, empowering for other people who are stepping into their leadership. And yeah. so I really love that message. And it's what drew me right into your world as soon as I saw all your art and um, and the powerful messages and intention that you have behind behind your art. So so thank you for for using your platform to speak about things that other people are you know shying away from speaking about and um, for being willing to have conversations about all kinds of things. So I'm excited to jump into all of that with you today. Yes, me too. <sighs> so. I just want to start by like mm. getting to hear from you. What, what uh, can you tell us about your background and what brought you to this place that you're at, where you're from? I know that's an important part of your journey and, and what you sing about. And um, I would love if you could share how you got into this place where you are in conversation about empowerment and about um dismantling shame and on all of the juicy topics that you talk about what got you yeah. to this point where that became important okay so yeah that's a big question but we'll just start and see where it takes us so mm -hmm. um for all of you that don't know me again my name is Ritana and uh, I'm from Saudi Arabia I was born and raised there I moved to LA coming up seven years ago which is so crazy um I grew up in Saudi Arabia, which was such a beautiful container of safety and security. And, you know, Saudi Arabia is um, a place where women are really revered and where women are really looked to as sacred beings, as, as, as these treasures that, that are there to be... Um, to be revered and to be protected and to be honored um, and even to be served. Um, and so you have this like really gorgeous um, elevation of women in one sense, but then that, that protection goes to an extreme. And so, you know, everything is different now, which is very exciting. Not everything, but a lot of things are different now, which is very exciting. But when I grew up, uh, women couldn't drive. Everything was segregated. Uh, you couldn't sing in public. There was no concert, like public music, you know, concerts and stuff like that. But, you know, beyond that and the still existing situation is uh, we are, you know, I grew up very disconnected from understanding my body in any way. We had no type of sexual education I mean, even in America, sex that is shit, but like we had nothing, right? And there was no, mm -hmm. there was no mention. It's like, it's like this body didn't exist. The only mention of it was when uh, you were giving birth or um, when you were giving birth or if it's, you know, you, I think we talked about sex probably like all of two times, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you can do, you know, don't have sex when you're on your period, you, you marry a man and you get birth and and it was all spoken about in the context of a man serving a man um and so but i grew up in my private in between my four walls i was a very erotic being and when i say erotic i don't mm. mean i don't just mean that i was like um, you know, juicy and, 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 and feeling all of these like sexual penetrative feelings. No, I was like very aware of my hips and my pelvis mm. and how alive I could come when, for example, I was listening to a piece of music that like cracked me open. I had this understanding that there was something really big happening inside. And so I practiced that privately um, my whole life, um, mm. you know, I, and I went to Saudi schools and the curriculum there was incredibly strict and religious. And so I grew up in that way and I was very religious. So I had these two very opposing dualities, right? Where I was so religious mm. and really believed in the dogma of it. 
um, because it provided me so much security and so much belonging and there's so much beauty in it. And then I also mm -hmm. had this deep understanding and knowing of this body, this sexual energy that could fucking like, I just, I could feel it. I remember being like 15, 16, being like, well, this shit's <laughs> so powerful. Mm, but that duality really created so much friction and so much, just an internal battle that I had no resources to deal with. And so it led me down a deep path of, like mm. self-loathing and, and hatred to be honest but it's like i'm a very confident outgoing person it was just it, it start it seeped very deep and so that's the you know i moved to the states uh, seven years ago mm. and i would say the i would say my first five years here have been this battle of of trying to appease my culture, my family, the religion that I knew, the God that I knew, and mm -hmm. still find myself or mm -hmm. still be myself and activate myself. And in these last two years, um, I finally started, you know, it all, I talk about this all the time, but for me, it started with finding Adrienne Marie Brown's book, Pleasure Activism. And we can talk a little bit more about that later and what that book meant to me. But I read that book and it was the first time in my entire life where I understood the power of pleasure. It was the first time in my life that I understood that God and sex are not separate. It was the first time in my life that I understood um, that love motivates and, and inspires so much more than fear. And so... Uh, that set me on the journey that I'm on now and has given me the courage to put out the music and start speaking um, the way that I do because I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was just unnecessary. That, that type of suffering of feeling so ashamed, so bad, so wrong, so alone... Mm is not necessary. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Those words are so powerful. And everything that you shared, it's, and I can relate. And it's so interesting, you know, you grew up in Saudi Arabia. I grew up in the Bronx, New York. Mm -hmm. And the story, I resonate with so much, you know, it transcends borders, it transcends um, religions, you know, I grew up going to to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school for um, 15 years. And wow. Yeah, like my entire, you know, formulative years were, um, were in Catholic school. And um, it was, I also can so relate to the to the feeling of that erotic power and it had nothing to do like it wasn't a it wasn't exactly a sexualized power. It wasn't like me in relation to anyone else. It was like the feeling of, of, of awakeness and aliveness in my hips, like you described so well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, 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 you know, an exciting time, I feel, of women, of, of eradicating shame of like confronting and so many people saying, you know, this is holy as well. And there's not, you know, there's not such a hard line between what is sacred and what is um, profane or what's holy and what's carnal, you know, and, and, um, and yeah, I resonate with that so much. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I think a lot of women can resonate with that no matter yeah. where they're coming from. Um, yeah. Can and, I ask you, you grew yeah, up in, please. in, in, you grew up, you went to Catholic schools. Were you, were you religious? Like, did you feel belonging in, in, in your school and with your peers? Um, thank you for that question because I, I, I love how you um, express so much reverence and respect for mm -hmm. the tradition that you came from. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been, there's been a lot of just kind of sheer anger towards it. Mm. Um, I can't, you know, religion did, Catholicism did 
Catholicism did help me in a lot of times that were really dark, you know, when my grandmother passed and I was a teenager and Mm. having that sense of something bigger and that sense Mm. of ritual for, Mm. for grieving, that was Mm. like, that was an important time. And, you know, I don't often talk about that because I kind of throw everything, I've thrown everything like away Mm. Away. uh, in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of my peers, like it wasn't, I don't feel like as kids, I don't feel like we were actually, you know, it was just what we did. It was just what we yeah. knew. We prayed all day, right. you know? Right. <laughs> we weren't yeah. really thinking about it too much. <laughs> totally. And I think that, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's so powerful what you just said we weren't really thinking about it too much. And that's the fucking problem is that I mm. also grew up like the, the security and the belonging. It is, it, it does come a lot of that came from Islam, but it comes from the, like the pure essence of it, which to be frank with you was not practiced a lot at my school or in my country, but mm. it, the, but we as as a group of girls, like the girls that I went to school with, the way that we operated in society, you could feel that and you and we practiced that. But the problem was that we were trained to not think about we were just trained to receive and to accept and to not analyze and to not check in, which is so maddening because Islam has something called ijtihad. Um which actually means, you know, refining through the heart, which is like you read the Quran, you read the Hadith, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, the words of the Prophet, and you do your best to learn from the teachers that are available. But it's up to you to go inwards and sit with yourself and see how that resonates with you Mm -hmm. and what the most authentic expression of that lesson is in your being. And that has been eradicated. And the way that it's been eradicated is to separate us from our thinking bodies. Mm. So that what you said was just so big. It's like we didn't really think about it. And that's like I didn't really think about any of this stuff until I was like 23. And that's Mm. nuts. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's a long lifetime. Uh, it's a long time to be in that um, shame mentality, or in that like, what I feel is natural to me is not right. And having that like, comparison point. Uh, uh, it's pain, it's a painful way to to live your life of like, what feels good in my body isn't actually right. So now I'm confused about how to trust myself. I'm confused about where my intuition is. And that like um, wedge that it gets put in between us through some of the the ways that we're socialized. It's like so important to question and, and, and yeah. And, and coming into a place of listening. And I know that that has been something that you have been exploring a lot. I've seen you uh, mm. shared about it a lot. We've worked together a little bit yeah, on this theme so of beautiful. just embodiment. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about like that, what role embodiment has played in your life? Like what role has this exploration of your body, this exploration of, and you know, it's a huge question again, but like the exploration of sexuality for yourself on your own terms of sensuality, what has it yeah. been, what has it meant for you to come home to your body? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I get emotional just even uh, thinking about, like, I feel, mm. I feel so much warm energy just moving from my solar plexus up into my eyelids. And, um, and just wow. even that, being able to articulate that is a new thing for me because, again, I was so disconnected from my body. So the ability to, the ability to, to be so aware and to sense in real time what is happening inside of me, inside of us, is perhaps one of the most powerful things in the world, like mm. truly. Um, because you're constantly reminded that there are these subtle energies that we can't see, 
that are moving with us, that are moving within us. And I, you know, I believe that that's the divine. I don't think the divine is like something that's like up in the sky that we can't access. It's here in our form and it's beyond us as well, but it's most definitely fucking in us. And so just being aware of these currents of energy in my body has made me understand that the divine is inside of me, that there is something um, that the, like, you know, not to sound cheesy, but truly that, you know, the cosmos, we are the universe and I'm still, I'm still trying. I say that. And I, I just want to give a disclaimer. Like I have not fully grounded into what that means, but the be- just the beginning of under- feeling your sensations in real time is, is a slice of that. And, um, I mean, my, you know, I start, I would say really it was like two years ago that I started very intentionally exploring my sexuality and my body. And it, and I, I read that book, Pleasure Activism. And then after that, I, uh, I bought like a Layla Martin, uh, like a jade egg. And then I got her like a course, a very short, it's not even a course. It's she sends you like a video on how to use the jade egg. And there's like a little meditation practice that you do with it. This was the first time that I had ever in my entire life, like knew that you could, that you could be with yourself in a way that wasn't, um, you know, the goal wasn't to orgasm. Mm which I think a lot of women, I know, I think we live in a bubble. We live, we live with a lot of, you know, we live in a bubble of very awakened women, like very resourced women. But I think a lot of women are like me and it's not, and there's, they're like, what? Like I could be with my body without the intention to orgasm. Like, what do you even do? But within that, with that first video that I did, Oh my God, I released so much shame. I cried so much. I found myself apologizing to all the women in my family. And it was the first time that I said, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't not express this. I can't not be this because it's so powerful. Like pussies are so powerful. It's nuts. And so it was like, for the first time I felt how big that power was. And with that came an enormous sadness and grief and, and, and a, an enormous amount of um, shame. And I, I want to say grief again, because I think that one of the biggest things that embodiment has taught me and really being with myself, being with my lower belly, being with my pussy, being with my, um, this area of my body, my hips, my pelvis, it has taught me that grief is a really, really important part of this journey. And in order for us to really step into ourselves as the wild woman, the untamed woman, the, you know, nature, which we are, uh, I think for a lot of us, there's some grief work to do. There's some grief of disappointing your family, your culture, of not belonging to a place that you belonged for a very long time of, mm. of, of certainty, security. So those are some things that it's taught me, but I am so grateful that I began the practice of embodying my sexuality, talking to my body um, because it is only when you start communing with your body that you start to understand that everything that you need is available inside. <laughs> um, and I forget that lesson as much as I like inhale and exhale, but without embodiment, I wouldn't even know it existed. I didn't, I wouldn't even know that everything existed inside of me. There, I would, I would continue with the practice that I had been on my whole life, which is, uh, looking to the external to tell me what to do next. What you know, I'm const- I was constantly asking people for advice, constantly looking for validation. Um, 
And I still do that sometimes, but then the, I feel the pangs in my body have come back. Come back. Come back. So I hope that answers your question, some of it at least, but. It does, and so much more. Jeez. It's like, where to be, even begin with that response? So yeah. eloquently said, said, and I love that you bring in grief as well. It's, um, I found that for me, it's a two-way grief. It's like, um, it's not only present and with the people that I'm present with, um, like my, my, my mother and my, and the woman in my family, the, the, all of my family, you know, um, something that I shared that I've been stepping into sharing more publicly is that I um, worked as a stripper for the last um, chunk of years and I'm in the process of coming out about it. Mm. And so that is really present with me as well. It's like, how can I be who I came here to be and, and not upset anyone? And then the question becomes, okay, and now I'm, I'm going to upset people. So how do mm. I deal with that? How do I, mm -hmm. I, how do I still continue to, um, to sit with that and be in love? And like, you know, there are some things that become undeniable. They're too big to, to, to ignore. And that is one of those things for me that has become too big to ignore. Um, you know, that I just don't want to live in that quiet, in that secrecy anymore, that there's a bigger thing going on here that, that is like, you know, shame. I want to yeah. be a part of the conversation of eradicating shame. It's not, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's maybe so beautiful. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. I mean, I didn't know that about you. And I'm so excited to hear more. I mean, you know, I'm not exactly your judgmental audience. I'm like, wow, that's so fascinating. Tell me more. I mean, obviously, only share what you're comfortable um, sharing. But it's I'm sure it was so nuanced and layered. Um, totally. So, so layered. And there's so much, you know, that I didn't get to share over the last years about my personal process, because I was keeping that under wraps, you know, yeah. and now I'm excited. It's like taking the lid off. Okay, there's so much more material of my own lived experience that I can just yeah. talk about candidly now. Yeah. Um, what were you afraid? Uh, what were you afraid of in sharing that information? You know, the biggest fears were around relationships with people in my family mm. which is a big one mm. like you like you like you mm. also shared um mm. another i mean it's just there's like underlying there's things that lurk in the subconscious about women who are um you know sex workers who women who are empowered in their bodies there's so much narrative around it that's that you don't even realize is there until you're actually the one trying to be out about something that is yeah. not, is not like traditionally spoken about. Yeah. So there were things like, I mean, I don't know, everything would, would sometimes creep in like the government, the, you know, who's watching, <laughs> like, and yes. you shared something about today. I think you shared on your Instagram, something about witches. Um, yeah. Were actually just being women. And they it's were like... just being women. <laughs> yeah, I thought that I thought that uh, caption was so powerful. Um, I actually got it from the account and the caption said, you know, it wasn't witches that they burned. It was women. And, you know, that was so yeah. powerful to me. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that yeah. brings me to the, I, I like started saying earlier, just it's twofold. It's people in the present. And it's also like a grief for the woman who came before me who mm. didn't get to be this free, who didn't yeah. get to even have the conversation that we're having now. So yeah. that's part of the grief too. And it's, it lives inside of me in a way that I, I feel like deeply connected to my why like why do I have to talk about this it's like so the future generation doesn't have to deal with this unnecessary shit <laughs> that yes. we are processing yeah um, absolutely yeah 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 <laughs> and and you know just going back to embodiment for a moment I did a um I haven't spoken about this in public yet but it's okay uh, I did a, a mushroom trip in in the woods uh, and man, it's so hard to articulate and to put into words what happened, but just to go back to what the body can teach us, what, what sex, what's, you know, sexual energy teaches us. 
I, I took mm. these mushrooms. I was feeling so lethargic and I was like, uh, you know, I always take mushrooms in a medicinal context. I'm always, I'm always there to commune with myself, with nature, with God. And so I take these mushrooms and I start to feel so nauseous, so lethargic. Mm. And I'm just like laying down. I'm like, no, no, I don't want this. Like, and then I, my body was like, okay, bro, like you keep saying no, but just say yes. So as soon as I said mm. yes, my legs automatically spread and I was just on all fours and I started breathing like an ant, like a 500 pound animal, like, and like growling and these guttural sounds like fucking wit- shit sounds. I do not know how it came, it came out of me and I was purging and I was, I was, I was killing and I could feel it. I and I was I was killing, I was killing the. I don't even know how to put it into words, but I could feel my ancestors, and I could feel how thick all of the like. I could feel all of the missed opportunity, all of the, you know the words they didn't speak, all of these. The I could feel it, and so I felt like with my breath, I was like killing it and slashing all of that with a knife, and so. And I started to feel death and I felt it in between my thighs and I felt it in my womb. And then I started to like hump the earth and I could feel an energy coming from the core of the earth, shooting into my yoni, shooting into my womb. And I was feeling like life happening inside of me. It was like I was, it was like I was pregnant. And then, and then I started to like give birth, but it was all just me and the earth and my legs spread. And I think that that experience was just such a, such a, a potent example of like through sex, we understand life and death and rebirth <sighs> because it all comes from there. And if you are denying your sex then you are denying life and you're denying you're denying the circle of life and then where are you where are you right you're in a system a simulation mm. right wow wow thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that story so openly yeah, yeah. it's Plant medicine is like a whole other realm that we could talk about for for ages, and also like just in that experience alone, how you know, and that's why I talk about untaming ourselves so much. Like we are creatures of the earth; we are creatures, and um, to get to free, like how how cleansing did it feel to get to free? those sounds that you didn't even know you could make or like the movement. It was that nuts. Your body oh my God. <laughs> and I didn't even tell you the coolest part. I mean, it was beyond freeing. I felt powerful. And I was with, I was with my friend and I remember I, I, I like lifted my head up and my friend was like, it looked like when you lifted your head up, it looked like you had 700 heads. And mm -hmm. I lifted my head up and I told him, I was like, don't ever let me forget. This is sex. This is what this is what sex is. And so later on, the coolest part was right after I did that, I stood up and I said this call, which was it's this thing we do in, in Arabic when you're congratulating or or in celebration. And it's like, and then you go, so you're you're praying and you're giving blessings upon the prophet and then you make this epic sound. And so I made that sound. And I really screamed out like, and I'm in the forest. I shit you not, Alyssa. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Mama bears all around the forest started like screaming back, like hollering back, echoing oh back at me. And I was like, this is too much, guys. And I, in that <laughs> moment, I was like, oh, this is why women are so suppressed. Mm. This power, mm. this this power is can be terrifying. Mm. 
It's so cool. <laughs> so cool. And uh, I, I also think like, is it terrifying because it's naturally terrifying or because we've been so separated for it for so long because the powers that be knew it was so powerful. So they intentionally yeah. separated us from it, you totally. know? Yeah. Yeah. And when I say Ooh. terrifying, I mean, when you're not in relationship with it, it is terrifying. It's an alien. It's a fucking UFO landing and you're like, no, 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 no. And I mean, I was terrified of it. And, and the way that that terror came out was through shame, through guilt, um, through feeling mm -hmm. disgust. It was way easier to just be disgusted of myself than it was to embrace how powerful I was. Mm. Gorgeous. Gosh, there's so much in there and so many directions we can go. But yeah. I would love to, to take us in the direction of your art. Like, how has this shown up in your art? What, like, I know Sin Again recently, you know, in the last couple of months came out and it touched me so deeply. And I've played it so often in my, um, in my workshops, in my dance parties. Honestly, because it is such a powerful song and knowing you and knowing your story and hearing what you're all about makes it even that much more potent because I know that the intention behind it. So I would love for you to share how this, all of this inquiry has shown up in your work and what that has been like for you. Yeah. Um, so Sin Again, we'll start with Sin Again. And, you know, it took me again, like, it took me about six years to finally start writing about what I wanted to write about. And, and sin again is about being intimate with yourself. It's about, you know, on the surface, it's like the lyrics are, I touch my sin again. I touch my skin again. So, um, one could think that it's about masturbating and it is, but it isn't just about that. It's about being with your whole body and touching yourself and reframing this vessel, this skin from something that is sinful, that is to be ashamed of, to, oh, this is, this is a technology that is like far more intelligent than anything that exists on this planet that we know of. And why on earth would that be a sin? And what kind of a fucking joke is it that God wired us for pleasure but he didn't intend for us to step into that and to harness it. Like, and it took me 27 years to understand that. And so I really wanted to write, well, I wanted to write sin again because in that knowing of how powerful and, and beautiful this body is, I started to remember these memories of me you know, the first verse says, I move my hands alone along the carpet and I can't stop it. That is a visual. I hear the chants of voices in the thousands praying loud. And I touch my sin again. I touch my skin again. That is a, a visual of, I was about 15 or 16 years old. I was at the mosque. I was praying um, after, uh, it's like these evening prayers that we do during the month of Ramadan when we fast for basically a month from sunrise to sunset every day. And then afterwards we go and we pray these gorgeous prayers together. And so in one of, in, in Islam, when we pray, there, we kind of do these like yogic positions. And, and with each position, you do a different recitation. One of the positions is kind of like a child's pose. So your head is against the, the ground. And imagine child's pose, but your arms aren't out like this. They're kind of by your, and you're wearing, you know, you're wearing like a prayer outfit. So everything is covered. And I remember I was in that position and I like brushed my thigh and I felt this like, I felt these shockwaves running through my entire body and it was sexual energy and it was no different than the energy of prayer and the divine and that which is greater than us running through me. And I didn't know how to make sense of that. And sin again was, you know, me alchemizing that experience and understanding that that is that those two feelings were one and the same that the prayer and the erotic and uh, this 
sexual energy and the erotic and prayer and God, it's all like life wanting to become more of itself. Mm. And my teacher, Alana Mehta, used that once, one of my teachers, to explain the erotic, and I love that so much. It's like, you know, the impulse for life to become more of itself, to, to generate and to just, like, be so alive that the next thing is just, like, the sex of it is to become more alive, to give birth to something new and to continuously generate. Mm. And so, you know, Sin Again is a song that is about that, about that synthesis of that which is holy with that which is erotic and sexual. And, you know, with all of, like I said, these embraces of power and sexuality don't come without a cost, unfortunately. I wish they were free. Um, and they can be. I think they will be at a certain point. But for those of us, which is most of us, that grew up in environments um, that didn't support this or facilitate this, there's a price to be paid or there's like work to be done. So along with that, my art, you know, the next song that I'm putting out is called Necessary Death. <laughs> it sounds so mm -hmm. dark, but it's actually such a gem. But there's the grief because there's no sin again without the death of different relationships, even the death of who I was. Um, and so... And, you know, and the last song that I put out is a song called Stuck in America. And a lot of people think that I mean it literally, and I do mean it, mean it literally, but I also just mean America as in what, does, what is America? What does America mean? And to me, growing up, you know, is that confused um, 16, 17-year-old that, was starting to like really feel the power of her sexuality, but had such a, a hatred towards my nature. I looked to America and I thought, if I could just get there, I'd be free. Like they're liberated over there. Women are liberated over there. There's an understanding, you know, there's an understanding that these bodies aren't bad and I get to dance the way that I want. And, and then I come here and yes, you can wear a bikini, and yes, you can shake your ass, and yes, 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 yes. But, not but, and, the vast majority of it is done without intention and without deep feeling. And, you know, Audre Lorde talks about this. I, if, you know, for everybody that's watching, if you do anything in your life, like listen to or read her essay, Uses of the Erotic, The Erotic yes. is Power. And she talks about this very thing. And she says that, you know, the whole point, the erotic cannot be, you know, she, she juxtaposes the erotic with the pornographic because a lot of people are like, oh, you, you know, you're talking about eroticism. That means you're talking about porn. And she says, no, you know, and I'm talking about like, like the porn that is specifically created for the male gaze, there's like all sorts of, from what I understand, like new porn now with like actual lovers. No, talking about, I'm talking about like just, just porn without any feeling. And she says that the erotic is, cannot be pornographic because the erotic has deep intention and deep meaning and deep feeling without it. And, and, and that the pornographic is sensation without feeling the absence mm -hmm. of feeling. And that's what I found here. And so second America speaks to that too, is this deep desire to not just, it's not a, like, yes, like be, if you want to wear a bikini and like, and that's how you want to exist half your life or all of your life, which is kind of what I want, but do it because why? Like I tell me why, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel strong? Does it make you feel really sensual? Does it, does it like help you feel the air on your skin? Just like know why. And I, mm. so I think a lot of my art is a, is a call to remember why. Um, and to walk with intention. And then, like, it just, and then it's, it's that thing that we talked about that could potentially be terrifying. Uh-huh. 
but that's what I want. Mm. So fascinating to hear your perspective on the layers of the layers of freedom and the layers of that we have to peel back the shadow work that has to be done as we peel it back. And, um, and, and yeah, like the, the freedom to show your skin here, but not necessarily to be connected to your own body, like from within. And, um, you know, I'm very flesh positive. Like I am all about, and I love I mean, it. <laughs> and it's in, in it's it is partly in reaction to being in a in a setting where I was always in a uniform that had to be a certain length and I just wanted to feel free and like have reclaimed freedom in my body. But I also say like, you know, it's not for everyone. Your freedom doesn't look like my your path to freedom doesn't look like anybody else's. So it's it's really about being present and aware of like what you need, what what will help you be more in touch with yourself? Um, totally, totally. And yeah, that's why and we're here to, talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and just to reflect back to you, I mean, when I when I see you and I watch your videos, like I can feel your joy. I can mm -hmm. feel I can feel that there is density um, underneath. You know, there's just like you have. There's a density to your soul. There's a density to your being. You're not. Um, you're not you're not appearing the way that you appear for anybody else. I can feel your mm -hmm. joy. And that's what I want. I just like when I see a woman or any, you know, anybody that's identifying as a female, I just want to know. I just want to know that you're doing this from your joy mm -hmm. or from your power, mm -hmm. whatever it is that's yours. Um, and I think that's a journey and it's a big load to put on everybody that's beginning this journey. So there's absolutely no shame. It, like I'm still figuring out, I'm still figuring that out, you know? Totally. But it's I know that like for a... me, like in my personal life, like I just want to be half naked all the time. Like clothes feel, because I like to feel, Same. I like, I like to see my muscles. I like to see my body. It makes me feel really strong. It helps mm. me like, it helps me like if I was wearing what I usually would be wearing, which is like a bra or a, a tube top, my posture is better. And I'm like, Oh wow, look at my skin against the bed. That's gorgeous. I'm just like a much more present person. Cause I'm continuously being like, wow. Cool, like I'm beautiful. <laughs> this is awesome. Yes, so, but that might, like you said, like I would love, I would love what you said, which is like your freedom m doesn't look like my freedom, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think that we could talk about this probably for like Hours. days. We have yes. so much to say yeah. on this topic. Yeah. Um, totally. So, but you know what, I have. I, I just have one more question before, you know, I ask you to just share how we can, how we can find and support you, but I would just like to know what pussy power means to you. If you, if there is a succinct kind of way to say it or not so succinct, what does pussy power mean to you? Oh my goodness. We've talked so much about it already. I, we've talked so much about it already, and I don't. I don't think I have like a catchphrase for it. Um, when I hear pussy power, it's like to me, it is. It is the knowing, like the really grounded knowing that all of. All of the liberation, all of the intuition, all of the power um, that we could possibly, that we could, you know, that we could ever want exists inside of us. Like that, and I know that that's not like directly speaking to our pussies, but it is. <laughs> like, it is. Um, it really, really is. And that's what it means to me. I mean, to me, the feminine, and I'm not even like well-versed. I kind of, I've read a bunch, but I wouldn't say, you know, there are some people that teach um, feminine masculine energies extensively, but to me, and Audre Lorde says this, you know, intuition, inner knowing, um, gener like the impulse and the ability to be gener generative, that's pussy. That is feminine. And the feminine exists within all of us. 
But that quality of inner knowing and then here, let me give you more. Let me multiply. Let me take the seed and give you a flower. Like that's pussy power. And that's just the most wonderful mm. thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I just want to remind you that you, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a PhD in a certain topic to your lived experience is is so much more than enough to speak to what your interpretation of pussy power is or anything for that matter. But thank just wanted to ground mind. that in. And thank, thank you. you thank you for. <sighs> so how can we support you? Please tell us how to find you and anything that you want to share about. You're so you sweet. Now so that we can go and subscribe to everything everywhere. And you You're so <laughs> sweet. I mean, just Instagram is the greatest way to support me. You can just follow me over there. Um, I am doing an Indiegogo uh, because I'm launching. I did like a straight to camera, um, a straight to camera educational, but also comedic web series where I uh, talk about sex ed, but like really reimagine sex ed and, we talk about things like consent and boundaries and mm. arousal non-concordance and all these things I wish I knew as a 15-year-old girl growing up in Saudi that felt so confused and so alone. And so just, you know, watch the page because I'll be launching that campaign. And I know it's COVID and everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of us are struggling. So even just sharing the campaign with your friends is such a beautiful thing to do. And, um, mm. yeah, I mean... Just the support comes from being together. So I, I just like would love to continue to share my music with everybody. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on Spotify, on iTunes, it's R-O-T-A-N-A. Yes. -A. yes. Uh, your Instagram, I am Rotana. And I'm, yes. I know I don't pronounce it. No, you do. Rotana. That's okay, great. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so. So, yes, please go listen to Rana's music and support her. Everything she's doing is with, done with so much intention, as you can already tell and see. And just thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. Um, this you, this episode, this conversation is going to be created into an episode for my podcast, Pussy Empowered Podcast. Um, so Yay. you can hear the whole thing there if you missed any parts of it. Um, and, yeah, thank you. You're so <laughs> Thank welcome, you for doing Mara. what you do. Thank you for the work that you do. I love you very much. Sending you so much love. Thank you, everybody who stayed with us and, and heard our conversation here today live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> bye, sweetheart. Have a beautiful bye evening. Bye-bye. You too. Salam. Bye. <sighs> so inspiring. I know this conversation sparked some thoughts, so I invite you to take a moment to reflect on how the culture and religion you were raised with has impacted your relationship with your own body. We've all been influenced by these realms, so maybe take a moment to sit down with your journal and free write about this. As always, you can find more info about Rotana in the show notes where you can connect with her and support her current Indiegogo campaign to fund her show that is upcoming called Fucked and Blessed. I love that name. It's an educational comedy show exploring sexuality, self-pleasure, and more from a curious Saudi girl. And if you feel inspired, please help me spread the word and share this episode with a friend or leave a five-star review. P.S. I'm now hosting free Pussy Empowered dance parties. RSVP for the next one with the link in the show notes, and I will see you there. Until next.